The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. Critically analyzing national affairs, this is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. That's right. Welcome to State of the Nation. It is February the 7th right here in the United States today, 2024. I'm Brian McLean broadcasting live out of Central Texas for today's News Talk. And I'm here with Steve Hook broadcasting off of the Jersey Shore. Steve, it's great to see you today. Happy, uh, what is it, Wednesday? Yes, it is Wednesday, and I know that because tonight is dart night for me. So (laughs) (laughs) I've got my calendar. I've got my calendar all in my head. I, I, you know, so my schedule is set, but it's great to be with you, man. Big show today, brother. Yes, as always. We got so much to talk about and so many great guests. And uh, we're going to launch in with our first guest in uh, very soon here. We're very excited about it. Uh, But we've got a great show lined up. We're going to be with Lynn Shaw. Madeline Brame, Hal Weatherman, Ed Butowski, Andrew Laposer, and Donna Jackson. So what an amazing lineup. If you're not familiar with any of those people, uh, you're in for a treat today. And Steve, I got to throw out um, this message. Of course, uh, we've been saying this daily because it's very important. Last December, Julian Assange's two-day public hearing was announced for February 20th and 21st at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal or whether he will be extradited to the United States. His mental health is in decline. His physical health is in decline. He's basically been uh, already been tortured enough. So let's let's have enough of this and not send him somewhere where it's going to get even worse. Um, TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering the entire two days if required. And then TNT will broadcast from various locations throughout London. We'll be there lighting the fuse for freedom and liberty with today's news talk TNT. We're very proud to uh, you know present that message and we encourage you to get involved and uh, a great place to keep up with this is on the Misty Winston show, which immediately follows State of the Nation Monday through Friday. Misty is uh, always on top of this topic. So highly recommend that as well as yeah. all the wonderful shows here, Steve. Now, Steve, I got to get into this before we bring our first guest in. And I want to hear her commentary on this. But uh, let me lay it out for you first and uh, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on it. So uh, $1.4 billion already given to migrant trails uh, this year from USAID and the State Department's Bureau of Population, Refugees, and Migration, shipping cash to inbound migrants from 248 NGOs. Now, Steve, we've been on this program, you and I, me and Lynn Shaw, uh, our guests, uh, your show, the Steve Hook show before this, uh, my show, the Brian McLean show, we've talked about this over and over again, the fact that our federal government is taking our tax dollars, shipping it to religious institutions, 501c3s, various NGOs and nonprofits, and funding the border invasion that we're having right now. So this is an important piece because it really um, puts some, you know, some mortar in those bricks, you know, that we've been talking about forever here. We've got stats now. We've got receipts. We've got the link to uh, this website. At um, at the U.S. Uh, State Department's website here 
um, the Bureau of Population, Refugees, and Migration. If you want to look that up, let me just highlight something that is right there in their mission statement. Um, <clears throat> we do this by coordinating humanitarian policy and diplomacy, providing life-sustaining sus assistance, working with multilateral organizations to build global partnerships and promoting best practices in humanitarian response. It's right there on their website. It talks about how they call for more than 200 nonprofit groups to dole out $1.6 billion in cash, debit cards, food, clothing, medical treatment, shelter, and even humanitarian transportation during 2024 to millions of US inbound immigrants in 17 Latin American nations and Mexico to include people coming from other countries um, and there's a great new article out by Todd Benzman that I would reference you to check out because he's got the receipts right there. And he was recently on Bannon's War Room describing this, talking about this. And I'd also like to make sure that you go back to the Joe Hoff show and watch the interview with Michael Yawn on Hoff show. It was uh, staggering. Michael Yawn has some amazing information. Um, you can see a short clip of that on the TNT Today's news talk x.com account. You can bounce uh, into the full interview from there on the TNT website. Steve, that's a mouthful. It takes a lot to get out there, but I wanted yeah. to lay the groundwork for our next discussion here. Yeah, well, you know, Hesher, let me ask you a question. You remember when, oh, I don't know, maybe last Wednesday, uh, people would look at you crazy if you said the Great Reset and the uh, uh, and, and and they would call you a conspiracy theorist, tinfoil hat, whatever. If you dared mention uh, that this was the reshaping of America by demographics intentionally, it is politically designed. Some of these NGOs get involved. Frankly, uh, they say they're doing this for humanitarian purposes. I buy that. Uh, I don't buy that. Um, uh, you've got Catholic ch church organizations, and I've got nothing against the Catholic church, but let me, let's just be frank. Uh, the Catholic church wants to see their numbers increase, uh, you know, every Sunday as well. And they're getting into this and they can wrap themselves in, in the coat of the cloak of compassion and say that we're just doing this to help people out. Okay. I, fair game. Get it. It violates stated written immigration laws and these ngos know that nobody's enforcing those laws just like the ms-13 gangs know nobody's enforcing that those laws just like all the mexican drug cartels know that no one is enforcing that so the ngos are jumping in it's a cash grab for them and frankly as i mentioned for some of these organizations it builds their own numbers and that of course is what the democrats are going for so the great reset is upon us it's obvious we were talking off the air hash since october 1st and this is i mean this is just insane although we knew it all along but the federal government had to come out and admit it. Since October 1st, there have been over 1 million encounters. And those are just the people we got. So those are all, that's a million folks from God knows, 160 different countries that are now going to be re-immigrated into our country inside the interior. We're seeing that everywhere. And it's just gotten completely out of control. But when you want to fundamentally change a nation, uh, this is the kind of crap you do. and. Um, you know, this dovetails into, of course, our segment with uh, with Lynn because, you know, we're seeing a massive uptick in sex slavery, trafficking, 
uh, literally human bondage. I mean, this is there are more slaves in the United States of America right now. And this is a startling statistic, but it's factual. There are more slaves in this nation right now than there were in 1862. So let that, you know, put that in your bong and smoke it because that's exactly <laughs> what's going on. And they're doing it on purpose. And that's what's so yeah. sickening about it. Yeah, and they're doing it with our money. Hey, did you know there are many ways you can listen to TNT? Why not stream us direct from our website on your desktop, tablet, or mobile device, or download our amazing app from the App Store? You can watch us on it. You can be involved in the interactive live chat. We got everything there for you, episodes, everything. We even stream live on YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey. We got you covered on TNT. Your voice heard here. The government needs to step up and do its job. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, our next guest is a good friend and a colleague at State of the Nation. She's well known for her advocacy for family rights and safety and safety for children online. She's a warrior against human trafficking and exploitation. Lynn Shaw joins us now. Lynn, let's start with the NGOs and the story we were talking about in that first segment. As I said, you and I and our colleagues have been talking about this, calling it out for what it is for years, absolutely years, and placing much blame on the NGO participation here. And now we've got the vindication. Now we've got receipts, or at least a new pile of receipts. I mean, uh, the reality of it is just way too vivid at this point, is it not? First of all, thank you, gentlemen, for having me today. It's always an honor to join both of you. I do consider you the A-team, and I'm proud to, to guest when you have me on. Listen, this has been going on for four years now under the Biden administration. I want to also point out conspiracy to me equals truth. Conspiracy equals truth today. Now, I also want to point out, I have racked my brain with all of the work I do, all of my relationships, everything. Why is this occurring? And all I can figure out is because we have, unfortunately, this pains me to say this, we have not the country we grew up in, the country we know, they want to reset. You are absolutely correct a whole globalist type of society, undo everything you know, I know, and just have this mass immigration, these illegal aliens. This is a war we have going on right now that nobody is really addressing. And I thought this morning, why last week on Capitol Hill, we had the five CEOs you know, from the tech companies, big tech, calling them out, they're harming children. I want this congressional hearing about all of this. I want to know why I don't want to hear about 1.6 billion. If it's that, it's double the money because there's a lot of cash being exchanged that we have no accounting for. Where is all this money coming from? Who's responsible? We don't know anything. And all of this, and I'm Catholic, so I feel like I can talk about you know all of this as much as I want. Catholic Charities isn't even part of this, listed as part of these groups of NGOs. They're an entirely separate entity. So this is a very kind of criminal cabal all hand in hand working together with the federal government and i can't figure out we have been talking about it brian like you've pointed out steve's been talking about it todd did an excellent article with all the facts in it let's let the public now know what is going on we cannot allow this yeah well you know and and the thing is lynn is that's just it we are allowing it uh largely in blue cities uh we all saw the video a while back of the woman uh, in Manhattan that had her purse snatched uh, by a guy on a moped and drugged down the street. He got away uh, there. You know, there were arrests made in this case. And now we find out that guess what? Now, this just shows you 
how th- 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 these are, they I, I wouldn't say unintended consequences, but they had to know this was going to happen. And, and here's the deal. They're stealing women's purses. They're, they're pickpocketing guys for their phones. Now, you'd think if they were just going to fence that stuff and sell, a, oh, here's a new iPhone Pro 13. I'll give it to you for 150 bucks. No, that's not what they're doing it. They're forwarding it to further criminals higher up in the chain. They are, in turn, using IT guys to crack the code and then pilfer people's accounts, like from Spotify to to uh, whatever, any of those cash trading apps, Venmo and whatnot. And now there's arrests being made. But my, my point is, is that we're seeing organized criminal activity in major cities across the country as a direct result of this policy, and they have no intention of slowing down and that doesn't even get to all the child sex trafficking that you've been referring to is this just going to take a new administration or what or what might be might be the answer because it is so far out of control how can we i talk frequently about you know the pendulum has to swing back it's so out of control but every time i say that the next day it gets more out of control as i sit here in the middle of new york city joe biden and his 40-car entourage motorcade are driving through the streets of Manhattan because he has three fundraisers today. This city is shut down because of him collecting more money from I don't know where, who these people are who think all of this is good for our country, but obviously they're lining their pockets. They do think it's good. What will it take? We had good action under the Trump administration. Like Donald Trump, hate Donald Trump, whatever you think. We had the remain in Mexico, and we also had any child. They would be swabbed immediately coming over with an adult for that rapid DNA to see. That was all done away. Joe Biden, day one, when he got into the White House, that squatter, this criminal, that is what I call him, he did away with all of that. So all of these small steps, sure, we still had trafficking going on, not anywhere near these record numbers. And despite what anybody thinks about all of this, I am here to say I see women in the streets with brown paper bags crying with little children, clothes thrown in bags or in the backs of baby strollers. So they get all these people here. What's happening to them? Where is all this money to help these people? What's going on here? Why aren't people taking to the streets saying no more? This is a criminal cabal. There are many people involved. And all I can say is they want to repopulate the United States because I can't think of anything else. Mass disruption, mass chaos. There's not a place for people like you and me anymore. That's what they want. But we have to fight back. We have to be warriors. We cannot accept this. And it's our job to educate the public because they don't know any of this is going on. Mainstream media certainly doesn't tell them. So we have to do the job on TNT and other platforms and really let the public know. Because every time I bring any of this up, somebody will say to me, I didn't know that's happening. What do you mean that's happening? Tell me more. So we have to keep at this no matter what. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And for anyone that thinks the Great Reset, especially in 2024, is a myth or a tinfoil hat thing, you might have missed the book written by Klaus Schwab called The Great Reset, okay? I recommend you actually read it because he lays out everything in it, these plans for globalism and a technocracy. It's all there in his own book with his name on it. And you can look at the people that influenced him and the rest of his ghoul buddies over there at the WEF and the WHO and the Council on Foreign Relations. It's all the same garbage and trash. They want us in an open border 
no no sovereignty no second amendment constitution is nothing but some sort of racist extremist document that's where they want this all headed lynn um lynn we're we've got about a minute left um i'll let you take us uh take us over the finish line here I just want to mention that we have the Super Bowl coming this weekend here in the United States, the biggest sporting event in the country. And there's always this myth going on. It's put out there by mainstream media and a lot of trafficking organizations. This is not the largest human trafficking event in the country. Well, you know what? We can argue that we just have to remember wherever there are a lot of people, more trafficking, more vulnerable people. And I want to say in doing this work, yes, there's tremendous human trafficking that happens and will happen this weekend in Las Vegas for the uh, Super Bowl is being held. And I can't figure out why everybody fights about it. Why not just say, yes, we have human trafficking. Yes, we've got to keep an eye on it. Yes, we have to call 911. Yes, we have to know about the cyber tip line and also the national human trafficking hotline. Why is everybody fighting this? We have it. Wherever we have a lot of people, we have human trafficking. Yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty ironic considering when you go to the airports in this country, you'll see signs from DHS saying, see human trafficking, call this number. But then there's a tent, literal blackout tent that's housing people that are probably being trafficked internationally in the same airports. And they won't let you take your citizen camera and eyeballs over there to look at it. I mean, this is... This is where we're at. So, Lynn, I feel you on that contradiction there, that dissonance. There's a reason we're feeling this way, and it's because we're being lied to, and uh, and it comes at a great human toll. Lynn, thank you for everything you do. Lynnswarriors.org is the website, at Lynnswarriors on YouTube. Please get over there and subscribe. And, uh, Lynn, we'll look forward to having you back on again real soon. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Steve. Thank All right, you. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. Now, as we move into an election year in US politics at a time when the Western empire is under attack from within, as if an orchestrated decline is the plan, whilst at the same time, the rise of BRICS nations represents a rise of a new multipolar order. Institutions that have controlled the world are at last being questioned for their behavior and their failures. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the truth shall set us free. Those two statements sit at opposite ends of the zeitgeist in a world that is filled with death, destruction, deceit, and a wholesale unwillingness to hold anyone in power to account, except for anyone who takes power against the ruling elite, of course. And then we have seen how that system works. Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk TNT. In a democracy, the majority vote rules. But in most democracies, you can only vote for change every three or four years. To understand what people want, governments and political parties use focus groups. These focus groups can include as little as 20 people. Australia is a country of over 25 million people. Does making decisions based on 20 people sound fair to you? Have your say. Be heard in between elections. Download the 4MySay app now. That is number four, my say. The human mind is like a computer. No matter how efficient it may be, its reliability is only as great as the information fed into it. That's a campaign promise. Tell us the truth. Tell us the truth. We mandate that the truth be told. You're hearing it. TNT. All right. Welcome back to State of the Nation. Well, you know, we're so happy to welcome our next guest to the program. Uh, Let me just give you a little backstory here because this dovetails 
very nicely into what we were just talking about with the open border. Madeline Brame, her son, Hassan Korea, 35-year-old father of three, Army veteran. He was assaulted by a group of people that he did not know, had nothing to do with them. Well, they turned around and they stabbed him to death right outside an apartment building in New York. Now, Madeline could have done, and I'm sure she did. She grieved that uh, for a long time with the whole fam- with the whole Brame family. But then she turned around and did something good with it. She's a national uh, crime victim rights advocate, CEO of Rescue Angel. She's also a Project 21 ambassador, and she's a returning guest to State of the Nation. And we welcome her to the show now. Uh, Hello, Madeline Brame. Welcome to the show. How are you? It's lovely to see you. I'm well. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure to have you, as always. And I know, as I said, you and your family went through a real I mean, a real tragedy. And the fact that you uh, decided to uh, become an advocate and try and turn things around so it doesn't happen to anyone else uh, is just testament to who you are as a person. Now, you must be just uh, beside yourself uh, with what's going on as crime continues to skyrocket in New York City. Uh, Soft on crime policies continue uh, to be the edict of the day for many of these DAs, D- DAs across the country, Soros funded mostly, but there you are. Um, have you seen any uh, any positive signs uh, from your perspective on, on, on fighting for victims' rights? Because I mean, we just saw what happened to the two cops outside of uh, in Times Square a couple of weeks ago. Then the girl dragged by the moped. I mean, it's really gotten out of hand, huh? Well, you know, it's it's unfortunate. There are no provisions in, in place for victims, none. Um, we have a um, something called the New York State Victims Bill of Rights, where um, it's, it's maybe a uh, a one pager with maybe six six or seven bullet points of rights that victims have. Um, it's getting 100% worse than what it was five years ago. I've never seen anything like it. Um, there's no prosecution. There's no arrest being made. You know, they, they brag about the rate going down, the crime rates going down. Well, uh, the reason why they're going down is because they're not making arrests. And if they are making arrests, they're downgrading the charges from felonies to misdemeanors. They're downgrading them from violent felonies to nonviolent felonies. So that's the only reason why the crime rates are going down. Um, DAs are not prosecuting, especially um, Alvin Bragg. He's like the worst. You know, uh, it came out today in the paper that um, the the Republicans in Albany are calling for her to recall him. Right. So I don't know how far they're going to get with that. I hope that they. Uh, gain some type of headway with that. But she did come out and she did say the other day that these uh four these individuals who uh assaulted the police officers the other day that they need to be brought to justice. They they should be in jail. Well fine for her to say that when they have fled the state and no one can find them. They just kinda, you know, they probably went back to their to their country. So they're going to get away with that. So um people are just getting away with um all kinds of stuff here. All kinds of stuff. There are no consequences. Uh, no one is being held accountable. And the people of New York City, I work in, in Midtown Manhattan, right here on 34th Street by uh, Macy's 
in Howard Square. So um, I quit in time around 5, 5.30. Everybody's rushing to get to the trains and everybody, their head is just on swivel. If you hear any loud noises, if you hear any fast movements, people are like, you know, really, really, really high yeah, you got this moped crime going on where the Venezuelans now are riding by on these mopeds and snatching people's cell phones, uh, snatching pocketbooks, drag the, the 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 um the woman. What was it about two three days ago? You know, um, from what I understand, she has a, a terrible head injury because of that. She hit her head against one of the steel uh, bike racks, right? So. Mm. It, it's like, and who's being held accountable for this stuff? And then they downplay it. The media very rarely covers it. You might hear the stuff on Fox. You know, you never hear it on like ABC or uh, Pix 11 or any of those, you know, uh, mainstream media outlets. They completely um, ignore it and try, try to act like it's not happening. And it's so disingenuous. It's so disingenuous. And, and it does, you know, uh, the people of New York the hardworking taxpayers, you know, it, it does us a grave disservice and injustice. Yeah, it's um, it's gotten really bad. And I'm glad you point out the that absolute dissonance causing thing where it's like, oh, crime rates are going down. Yeah, that's because you stop uh, charging felonies. And pretty much everybody can see that without, you know, having mm -hmm. to look very hard. Now, um, I'm going to read this quote from uh, a recent um, post on your x.com, former Twitter account here, and then we're going to mm -hmm. take a brief headline. And when we come back, mm -hmm. I want to get you to expand on what you wrote in this post here. Okay. He said, people worrying about words and hurting someone's feelings while the Mexican drug cartels are taking over our cities, not to mention the Venezuelan robbery and child sex trafficking crews. Our country has always been reasonably protected and secured from this type of criminal activity. It existed underground. Our government administrations has given it a green light and let it loose on the American people. As Americans, how do we protect ourselves? Let's answer that question after this headline with today's news talk, TNT. TNT Radio News. I have some exciting news. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has traveled to discuss a significant proposal aimed at exchanging the remaining 136 Israeli hostages for a long-term cessation of hostilities in Gaza. The German government has approved subsidies for gas power plants that convert to hydrogen, aiming to boost renewable energy and hasten the shift towards low-carbon power generation. Sebastian Piñera, who served as Chile's president twice, died at the age of 74 in a helicopter crash on Tuesday. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Madeline, what you posted on X right there is very well said. It's concise. It's real. Um, how do, as Americans, we protect ourselves now? Well, I know as um, a mature woman, um, who, like I said, I work in Midtown, um, where most of the migrants have been uh, literally dumped onto the sidewalk and uh, herded behind barricades like cattle, you know, and just left there in the street. Um, these uh, shelters, they uh, they have to leave out at a certain time in the morning, right? And can't come back until a certain time in the evening to um, ensure their beds. So um, if I go out at lunchtime, uh, you see them just hanging out, just hanging out, roaming up and down the streets, 
looking at, you know, um, especially, you know, I hate to say it, the white women, all right, uh, these Venezuelans are looking at these white women like they can eat them alive. Okay, uh, saying things in Spanish, I speak a little Spanish myself, so, you know, I, I hear the comments that they make. As a woman, um, I would suggest that all women carry um, a can of good pepper spray or a taser, uh, a sharpened pencil, some type of the keys, carry the keys in their hand. You know, we have to be able to protect ourselves. You know, we should not be just sitting duck. You know, what difference does it make? If you get arrested, they'll let you out anyway, so it doesn't matter. At least, at least you won't, you know, you can defend yourself against this, you know? And um, I, I saw uh, today on Twitter, uh, the Guardian Angels, were down in uh, Times Square and they actually, you know, were tackling one of the illegals to the ground. So, you know, uh, they have been present since the 70s. And uh, when Curtis Wheeler was in charge, he's still in charge of them. But um, New York City was uh, completely out of control at that time. And those guardian angels, they patrolled the streets, they patrolled the subways. And it seems like they're, they're getting back active into doing that. You know, and, and uh, maybe Mayor Adams should work with uh, the Guardian Angels and the NYPD together because uh, the NYPD is leaving in droves. Those those cops are not, you know, I wouldn't sacrifice my life, you know, for a pension. I wouldn't do it, you know, and, and all the different restrictions and regulations that they have on them. Now with the new law that just came out about, uh, what is it, um, how many stops? You know, you, you, they have to document everything. They already have the, uh, the the camera. You know, that should be enough. That should be enough. It's like, why why are we spending, number one, all these tax dollars on this stuff? That's number one. And number two, why is it necessary? Why is it even necessary when, you're just, when they're just going to let the people go anyway? But that's another way of uh, stopping the arrest, emptying out the jails, and keeping the, the numbers down. Keeping the numbers down. Cops don't even bother. But the Guardian Angels is is, you know, could be a significant, a significant deterrent, you know, and some people just are, are gonna have to start taking it into their own hands. They they really, really are, you know. Um because what other choice do we have? You know, what other choice do we have? You know, is, is the voting piece. That's a huge piece. But in New York, you know, a lot of people are not even tuned into the political, you know, aspect of this. You know, they, they uh, go about their daily lives just trying to survive, trying to survive and trying to stay alive, just to live to see another day, you know. So, um, uh, especially in the uh, minority communities, a lot of people don't even bother to vote because they don't feel that their vote counts anyway. But I'm finding and I'm noticing the more I'm out and about talking to people in the communities, um, a lot of people are now more engaged in the, uh, the civics aspect of it, you know, uh, voter registration and, you know, learning about who these candidates are, you know, they, they really um, are just, you know, very disappointed in Adams and in, in our mayor. They're very, very disappointed in him, you know, and the whole entire New York City Council. You know, he said the other day on TV, uh, he was having a, like a town hall meeting and he says that look at the, the sea of chocolate. Has anybody ever seen a sea of chocolate? Uh, 
but in the city or something like that, something to that effect. You know, if I was um, any, well, the whole room was full of black people, I would have been very insulted and very disrespectful. So I dubbed him uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory because that's, that's exactly <laughs> what they are. That's exactly what they are. So there he is playing the race card. He's playing the race card now, too. You know, um, and, and that's just to pander to and appease the black voter. But um, the most of us, for the most part, right? Yeah. People are just very, very turned off, very turned off and, and just disgusted, just disgusted with the whole thing. You know, so we, we have to get out and vote. I don't care who people vote for. You know, just as long as they get out and vote. And I don't just speak for the uh, black community. I speak for the poor community, right? And all of us fit into that category. Black, white, Hispanic, Jewish, Jewish Asian, Chinese, uh, uh, Italians, all of us. You know, we all yeah. are in that one big melting pot of poverty here in New York City. And we are the ones who are suffering and are being... Um, disproportionately they like that word disproportionately we're the ones that are disproportionately affected the most by these horrific policies that they put in place you know madeline i tell you as as, as i listen to you walk us through this i i'm 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 i'm, I'm for one very encouraged by your your bravery to to, to advocate for this and to, and to really pound the pavement and to drive you know drive the point home uh, on the other side of me, I'm thinking it is so sad that we have to even talk about this. You mentioned emptying out the jails, and God knows Alvin Bragg has done that. He didn't prosecute these four. Then we found out that, oh, guess what? We caught them on a bus. Well, they were just released because the people they caught were not the same people. So they don't know where they, these guys are. These guys are in the wind. Um uh, and and now, if you're talking about just freeing the jails, that's exactly what Maduro did in Venezuela. He freed, mm -hmm. he, he, he emptied his prisons and said, go north, young man. And they did. Mm -hmm. And now mm -hmm. we're stuck with it. And what happens when they get arrested? They're out right back out on the street. They're right back out. They're right no, back it, out. You know I why? Mean, the, they, put these policies, they, they put the policies in place, right? Based on a theory, right? Um, theories are things that have never been tried before. Okay. They look good on paper. Right. They, they look good in, in a PowerPoint presentation and when somebody's pitching to, to, to get budget money or, you know, uh, allocate allocating money. It's about money at the end of the day. Right. And somebody bought into the concept. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good idea. Let's try that. You know, and um, no one thought about like the aftermath or if it went wrong. No one thought about what they would do. And plus, they didn't anticipate. Right the um, American people. They didn't anticipate our resiliency. They didn't anticipate our resolve and our patriotism. All right, we love our country. We want our country to stay exactly the way it was. Some things can absolutely get better, right? But to turn it into something that we do not recognize, oh, absolutely not. We love God. We love our family. We love our country, all right? And we want it to stay just like that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna leave it right there. I think that's probably the best place to leave that. Uh, of course, you can follow Madeline at Brame underscore Madeline on X dot com. Anywhere else you'd like to shout out, Madeline, where people can find your work and follow you? Well, I'm I'm on uh, Facebook, 
on my Facebook, uh, Madeline Brain, or my uh, my Rescue Angel page is Rescue Angel One, or I'm on on Twitter, Madeline underscore Brain. Um, a lot of social media sites, yeah, a lot of social. But I, can I just add one more piece about the illegals? Sure. Um, yeah. Not all of them are bad people. Put it that way, you know. Um, I wouldn't say just a handful. No, I would say more than half of them are here for reasons that they have no business being here. All right, their first step on American soil was illegal. All right, so what can we possibly expect? You know, millions of people have come through the legal process of immigration. Because and th those are the ones who are able to come here and establish yourself and you know uh, pursue the American dream. These people are not here for that reason, right? And our administration knows that; they're fully aware of it. You know, I, I there's a lot of conspiracy theories about why it's happening. However, no one ever thought about what's happening to the average person that's walking the streets and having to live amongst this. You know, and, and I pray to God that Trump wins this election. If he wins it, we know that he's got the, the I don't want to say it, but he's got the nerve and the drive and all that stuff to close it down, put the sharks in the water, put the alligators, the crocodiles, the barbed wire, build the wall, do whatever you got to do and get it done for real. Yeah. 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 It's, it's beyond time. This has turned into yeah. an absolute catastrophe chemical warfare, human trafficking. And like you said, you know, often we get lost in the the who and the why sauce when mm -hmm, we're not mm -hmm. really looking at the what, the what. That's right. Rubber's meeting the road. And What's actually is, happening, the real deal, the real deal, right. you know, and, and we need to start changing the narrative of that. You know, your your program and, you know, I was on with Laura Ingram the other night and I'm probably, you know, going to be on with a few other people before the week is out. And I will be, you know, um, driving it, driving it home, driving it home. We right. have to stop. We have to stop. We, we have to start doing what we need to do for ourselves and our family and our country. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Madeline. Uh, we You're really welcome. appreciate you taking the time to join us today. And for doing everything you do and being you and being so brave. We really appreciate you and we look forward to your next visit with us here at State of the Nation on today's new talk, TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Last week, Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, testified before Congress and talked all about the threat that China poses to us and it was downright frightening. The CCP's dangerous actions China's multi-pronged assault on our national and economic security make it the defining threat of our generation. Now, when I described the CCP as a threat to American safety a moment ago, I meant that quite literally. There has been far too little public focus on the fact that PRC hackers are targeting our critical infrastructure. Seemingly everything we need to survive. Our water treatment plants, our electrical grid, our oil and natural gas pipelines, our transportation systems, and the risk that poses to every American requires our attention now. And get this, we even have a time frame for this impending disaster. The budgets that emerge from discussions underway now will dictate what kind of resources we have ready 
in 2027, a year that, as this committee knows all too well, the CCP has circled on its calendar. Oh, we have three years to neutralize this existential threat. Don't you feel better? I don't. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Ballsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday right here on TNT. Meet Norm. He lives with anxiety. But with the help of this latest innovation from Be Normal, he can be normal. Just like everyone else. With the swipe of a finger, you can project happiness, confidence, machismo. Why settle for being real when you can be normal? The Normal Maker. New from Be Normal. This item doesn't really work because there's no such thing as normal. We're all different. What we like, how our brains work. In fact, one in five of us live with mental illness. Don't filter who you are. Start by talking to someone you trust. And remember, there is no normal. Critically analyzing national affairs. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, our next guest is a husband, a father of three. He's a native of North Carolina, and he's seeking the Republican nomination for the office of lieutenant governor. And he served as chief of staff to former North Carolina lieutenant governor Dan Forrest and former U.S. Representative Sue Myrick. Uh, he's a Christian and a published author and has advised many conservative candidates and campaigns over the last three decades. His platform is clearly one that supports traditional American values. He's pro-life. He's looking to support rural citizens. He's, uh, he's not going to allow woke policies to seep further into North Carolina schools and businesses, uh, and much more that we'll explore here with our guests joining us on State of the Nation now. Hal Weatherman, welcome to the program, sir. Hey, it's our understanding that self-sufficiency for your state and election integrity are at the top of your list. So introduce yourself and talk to us a little about what these what these things, these initiatives mean to you and uh, for people in North Carolina? Yeah, you know, I'm, I am Hal Weatherman. I'm 53 years old, been married for 20 years and have three kids. Um, you know, I'm a limited government constitutional Christian conservative, and I believe we live in precarious times. I don't know how else to say it. I think that we live in a very dangerous world, and uh, I feel called to run this race uh, for lieutenant governor uh, in part to basically preach a message all over the state to call our people to self-sufficiency. But what I mean by that is, you know, our families need to be prepared to stand alone in a dangerous world. And our state needs to be self-sufficient, including um, starting to push back on some of the things that the federal government are doing. I'm a limited government conservative. So I, I do believe that, you know, in government of all levels, including the federal government, I think it's God ordained. I think God, you know, instituted government or you know, had man institute government to provide order and stability and peace so that the gospel can be freely preached around this nation. And so that's what I believe. But it pains me to say this, that I truly believe that our federal government today is one of the greatest perpetrators, um, pushers, if you will, of the ideologies that are actually dividing us as a people. And I think it's gonna be the states that have to stand up and start um, you know, asserting their self-sufficiency to do that. You know, the analogy I always use is the drug dealers. Watch the drug dealers on the playground. The first round's always for free. And why? Because you and I both know once the child is addicted to that drug, you can lace it with whatever you want. They're going to take it with a smile on their face. And I would argue that's our state today. We're addicted to federal funds, not realizing that most of those federal funding source, sources have been hijacked by the liberal left. And they've been laced with these ideologies, these, these three-letter acronyms, CRT, SEL, DEI. And when you take the money, you bring that into your system, whatever the system is. 
And it's like cancer, it metastasizes and it grows. And so I want our state to be self-sufficient so we can start pushing back on these things and returning to the ideals that made us great. And I think you're seeing, um, I, I say it all over the place, I think you're seeing a new breed of politician, that God's raising up a new breed of politician all over this country to prepare uh, for that day, you know, the day of reckoning, I call it. I, I think the day of reckoning is coming in this country. I don't know what that wow. means. I, it, it could be a financial meltdown of epic proportions. It could be COVID on steroids. I mean, think how our society, I don't know what it was, you know, nationwide in different states, you know, reacted differently. But in North Carolina, we sacrificed a lot of civil liberties for something that had a 98.8% survival rate. Imagine if it comes back and it takes one out of every 10 lives. Could you imagine what we'll sacrifice? I can because I saw what we did during COVID. And, you know, the federal government never gives back what it takes. And I promise you, it never gives back what you willfully surrender into it. And so, um, you know, the other thing, too, is, you know, if, if you're your watchers here or listeners, if, if they're um, if they're believers like I am, you know, what happens when we in this society as believers move from feeling persecuted for our beliefs, which many do today, to actually being prosecuted for our beliefs? There's a difference between those two words. And I think the birth pangs of, the, of all of these things are everywhere. And so I tell people all the time, you know, when that day of reckoning comes, whatever it is, you better hope and pray you have a limited government, constitutional conservative governor and lieutenant governor to stand in the gap. You know, in North yeah. Carolina, we had, you know, here the, here's how I look at the world today. And I don't care what this sounds like. This is what's on my heart. This is what's driving me to run. I'm seeing trains derail around the country, carrying strategic materials, derailing in strategic locations that in effect weaponizes the train when it goes off the tracks. I'm seeing poultry plants and uh, food processing plants mysteriously malfunction, uh, burn down. I'm seeing rolling blackouts in North Carolina, which we've never had in my lifetime. Never, never had a rolling blackout until this past year. And now we're warned that we're going to have two or three this year. I'm seeing electrical substations in North Carolina be attacked uh, in Moore County, in the center part of our state. Uh, Moore County uh, electrical substations were attacked and many people died because of it, because all the power went down. And I talked to the sheriff down there and he said they're attacking the parts that we don't have replacement parts for. You know, I'm seeing China buy our sovereign farmland all over this country and definitely in North Carolina, which we know is their effort to manipulate our food supply. And on that day that China flew the spy balloon over the great state of North Carolina, the day it flew over, it flew over every one of our nuclear power plants. It flew over every one of our military installations, all of our critical resources. And we as a people in North Carolina had to sit back impotently and do nothing. And that's when you know your state is not self-sufficient and we are not prepared for the days ahead. And so, you know, that's why I'm running. I want to prepare our people to be self-sufficient and prepare our state. On the people side, you know, I want to restore what I call the basic concept of the dignity of work itself, because I think we've lost it in this country. We've absolutely lost it. We've put a stigma on men and women who work with their hands. And I see I think there's dignity in work. I think God put man and woman on this work on this earth to work. That is when a man works, that's where his dignity comes from, his self-respect. That's where he teaches himself self-sufficiency. That's where he automatically trains the next generation, his kids her kids, what is expected of them in adulthood, and shame on our federal government for the last three, four years to pay man not to work. Let me rephrase that. Shame on our federal government that claims to be based on Judeo-Christian values, paying man in such a way that it denies him his dignity, his self-respect, his self-sufficiency, and the ability to train his children. That's wrong. That's wrong. And so, you know, one of the, you know, Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina serves on the State Board of Education, State Board of Community Colleges. So it'll be those two pedestals that I use if I'm elected to uh, drive people into the trades. I want to drive them into the trades. You know, I have young people all the time ask me, 
what should I do with my life? And I go through the same litany every time. Do you want to be the boss man? Do you want to be an entrepreneur on your own business? They're like, yeah. I'm like, do you want to make a hundred thousand a year or more? And they're like, yes. I'm like, do you want to build a business you can sell 10 to 15 years from now for seven figures and retire? They're like, yeah, I'm like, go be a plumber, go into HVAC, go be a commercial welder, you know? And so I want to do some innovative things in North Carolina. I'm going to create a two and two program. Uh, I want the community college program uh, system here in North Carolina, which we have a great community college uh, to offer a joint degree with our four year universities where kids that are going to go to college, go the first two years to the trade school, get certified in a, in a, in a, in a trade. And then they transfer over to a four year university, get a degree in marketing, graphic design, budget, finance, business. So they have all the tools to own a business and be an entrepreneur. And it's coupled with a skill set that's going to make them profitable and self-sufficient the rest of their lives. And that's what we need to do. I mean, think about what we have done for the last how many generations now we are lining up our kids. We're sending them to four year universities. They're coming out with degrees in Egyptian poetry, one hundred thousand dollars in debt and can't find a job and they're losing hope. And it's wrong. So, I mean, I hope I hope what I'm saying makes sense. Self-sufficiency for, for man, for me, starts with fulfilling God's given purpose for man on this earth, which is to work and to put and, and to restore the basic concept of the dignity of work and then prepare your state. Self-sufficiency of the state is to prepare your state to be self-sufficient, because if not, if something bad does happen, which I think the birth pangs of it are all around us, right, on multiple fronts, who are you going to put your faith in? The same federal administration that allowed a spy balloon to fly over all of our military installations. I'm not I'm not going to do that, you know, yeah. and, and that I'm seeing governors around the state and lieutenant governors around the country rise up and they're saying we're not going to do that either. Greg Abbott, obviously, Texas, Christy yeah. Nome. Um, uh, you know, let me ask you, let, let me ask you, I, you know, you can we can hear your righteous anger and I don't blame you because we share it. We share it. Uh, I, I concur, and I think Hesh and I have talked about some of these incidents you mentioned, the train derailments, the uh, the poultry farms, the, uh, the the food processing plants. We've mentioned all of this. It does yep. seem to be by design, uh, and it does seem to be, um, uh, you know, I mean, these days I don't say conspiracy theory anymore. I don't use that anymore. I just look at what's happening around me and try and make sense of it all. And when you do, uh this conspiracy theory starts to sound more and more like not so much a theory, but an actual conspiracy. And I think a lot of Americans are getting frustrated about this. Now, what was it that, that, that you thought to yourself and you said, okay, it's time for me to jump in. Was there any one pivotal moment that you saw that really said, I got to do this because our country is sinking fast. So it's a good question. First of all, on the conspiracy thing, I agree with you. The conspiracy theorists are like 10 for 10 now. Uh, but yeah. here's, here's, my, you know, I get called that all the time. People say that. And I'm like, you know what? You're wrong because conspiracy theories are things that ha happen under the cover of darkness. Everything we're talking about is happening in broad daylight. So it's just, you know, that's how you have to look at these things. You know, it wasn't a, a one moment because, you know, I worked for Dan Forrest, who was the lieutenant governor of North Carolina uh, for eight years. I was his chief of staff and traveled the state with him and, and, and so know the job. I tell people there'll be no on the job training for me as lieutenant governor because I've already served in the office and, and, and functioned at a very high level there. Um, but, you know, we lost the governorship. We ran for governor and we lost. And, you know, for the last four years have just felt like incomplete, incomplete because there were so many things we wanted to do as him being governor. And then he's gone on to retire and gone into the private sector. But I just had this nagging feeling. And, you know, it was it, it, 
it was a day um, in, I, I want to say late November last year, uh, two years ago. Uh, my wife and I both woke up on the same day, and this was very clear that our current Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson was making very public, you know, uh, that he was getting ready to start the ascent to try to run for governor. And my wife just looked at me and said, why aren't we running for Lieutenant Governor? Why aren't we doing that? You know the job, you know the state, why, you know, why, you know, because I had some people calling me, offering, you know, wanting me to consult for them or do whatever. And I just didn't feel called to do it. And I'm like, you know, I honestly, I've been thinking about that, too. And so we we prayed about it. Um, we talked to our family about it. Uh, and then we had a family meeting the next day. We had uh, all three of my kids. They're all teenagers. Sat them all down and said, this is what your dad's thinking about doing. And we just want your thoughts on it. And, and we're not going to do it unless we, we as a family agree to do it. Because it's a huge sacrifice, as you know, to run statewide and to a person. You know, we were like, let's do this. And we didn't, no fanfare. We got in the next day. No announcement, no nothing. We were the first in the field. And since then, we've gone to, we have 100 counties in North Carolina. We've gone to all 100 counties. Uh, I've gone to 35 counties, five times or more. We've already basically done enough travel to circum, you know, go through the, the, the state twice. When I was with Dan Forrest over a 10 year period, uh, we did over 500,000 miles, 500,000 miles of in-state travel. I've been to all 100 counties multiple times. And I think that's important. Because I think if you want to lead a state, you need to know it. You need to know it intimately. You need to know your strengths so you can play to them, but you need to know your weaknesses so you can mitigate them. So it wasn't one moment. It was just a continuation of where do I go from here when we lost the governorship? Where do we go from here? And it took four years in the wilderness. And then one day it just kind of crystal clear. So why aren't we doing this? The opportunity is there. and We know it better than anyone. Let's go do it. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, the website, I'd like to point out the website at this point. We're getting uh, down to the wire here. we got a couple minutes left, but HalWeatherman4NC.com is the website. HalWeatherman4NC.com. Or just HalWeatherman.com. Or just HalWeatherman.com. It'll direct you there. Okay, excellent. So you can go to either one. And when you go there, you can learn about the rest of Hal's thoughts and his platform. And and thank you for sharing that personal story about your family, because, I, you know, as you've pointed out, and as it shows on your website, um, you know, that's a big part of your platform, faith, family, fighting the woke agenda, pro-life, free and fair elections, freedom in education, school resource officers, no restrictions to the Second Amendment, veteran support, emergency management system overhaul, right to work, energy independence, agriculture, supporting rural citizens. We could do an entire another show on that, Hal, and maybe I'm we rural. will. I grew up rural. That's, that's where my heart is. So, Me yeah. too. Me too. And, uh, you know, as you pointed out, removing the stigma our society has placed on working in the trades and combining that with decent education that's not filtered through a bunch of woke lens, garbage, Marxist crap. I mean, we're behind you, Hal. It's great that uh, you've been able to join us here. You've got about one minute left. The floor is yours until uh, top of the hour. Well, one, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. You know, we're all in it together. If you believe the way we do, right, we, we have to band together and we have to um, and marshal the troops, so to speak. We got to get the people to go vote. I have a primary on March the 5th. Early voting starts February 15th, which is less than two weeks away. Um, you know, I am a limited government constitutional conservative. I was born in North Carolina. I have traveled North Carolina. I love North Carolina. I have served North Carolina. And with the people's help and with God's help, I'd like to help lead North Carolina. And so, uh, you know, that's my, my, my plug for, for my campaign. If people do want right. to get involved, just go to HalWeatherman.com. And I appreciate the opportunity to be with y'all today. Yes. Well, thank well, you so yeah. much, Al. We hope to have you back. Uh, and hopefully we'll be calling you Lieutenant Governor at some point soon. 
We thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us on TNT. We look forward to your next visit. How Weatherman for NC.com or just howweatherman.com. You'll find him. Uh, but it sounds like a great, great uh, 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 policy uh, agenda you've got in store. So thank you for that. You're watching State of the Nation. We'll be right back with hour number two on TNT right after this.